Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. His goodness is all over my life. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 6. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, verse 6. We'll get there in a moment. Before I get in the Word, I just I want to address something. And, um, you know, just to, because there's so many things that are happening in, of course, our world and things going on. And we know, according to the statistics and court different things, that there has been a spike in coronavirus and in different things in our nation. So we don't release our faith or, or when we, do, we don't put our head in the sand or realize that, you know, it, it doesn't exist. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful you know, we have, you know, 600 people that, that attend on a monthly basis here, you know, regular attendees. And that's not including all the people that join us. We're considered their church, maybe in another state watching by way of Internet. And so God's totally in, increasing our body. And and but I, I mean, it. you know, we've only had five people with um, coronavirus throughout this whole time as, as a church. And three of those were really before we even went back, before we really came back full steam, you know, back in June or June or July. So praise God for that. You know, um, you know, so, but you know, we have recently had, there's two people, uh, with that within the church that, that have been tested positive for COVID. So they're quarantining and those things, but I want to encourage you, you know, um, if you're comfortable with wearing a mask, you can wear a mask. It's we're, we're, there's no, there's not, that's a sign wearing a, wearing a mask is not a sign of doubt and unbelief or anything like that. So, so I don't want anyone to have the attitude. Well, I don't see a lot of other people wearing. No, you, you do what you're comfortable with. Okay. No one's going to look down on you in any way. And, and our thing is, is, is we, we want to be open and transparent, you know, so that's why, you know, honestly, like I said, it's, it's been minimal of people that within our church that have, that, that received, that got coronavirus. So, so anyway, but there is two people recently within the last week have tested um, positive for COVID and, and we're going to, we're going to pray for them right now. And, but also praying around our entire church body as well. All right. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our church family. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Oh, and I thank you that you are a covenant-keeping God. So because of that, for one, we don't, we don't live in fear. We, we live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, and we lift up those two people, Father, that have that are facing this. And, and, and we're so thankful that one of them doesn't have any symptoms at all. And the other one has this very minimal symptom. So praise God for that. And so we speak life over them, life into their homes. We speak peace over their bodies. We declare that they are strong in the Lord and the power of his, of his might. We declare that this passes quickly over them. I thank you, Father, that, that, uh, that, that your presence is surrounding them, strengthening them, equipping them, Lord. Lord, we declare a bloodline around our church family, our church body, a, a bloodline within our community. And, and Father, we declare that, that, that whether they go to this church or not, we declare that healing is working and flowing, hallelujah, and eradicating coronavirus in the name of Jesus. We thank you for life swallowing up death, wholeness and healing, the anointing swallowing up any sickness and disease or symptoms in any way. So Father, we speak life in this time, life over our community, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, give him a shout of praise if you believe that, amen. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. You know, and if you choose to want to watch from home, you're more than welcome to do that as well. Like I said, there's no... Please, don't... Don't let the enemy have any position in place. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, how many people have, have a smartphone? Or if you have a, still have a flip phone? And you just... How many have, <laughs> no, now, now, on... You know, we have an app that we use as a church called um, Church Center Online. And I have a, you know, I have it right here on my phone. And if you have that app, you can, you can open it up. And if you go, um, if you go to events, it's on the bottom, be on the bottom bar down here at the bottom on the right, it would say events. And if you click on events, the very top one is the prophetic word. So if you click on that prophetic word, you know, I click on, I've got the graphic of it, but also if I click on here, I can pull up the words to it. So, so if you're wanting a copy of that, I, I, I want you, you know, I want you to be have, anything you need from the church can be done through through the through the church center app, okay? And if you don't have it, download it. If you don't know how to download it, go see the information table, and that's how we communicate through a church. You could register for things, but I'm not doing that this as a commercial, okay? <laughs> but there's a, there, there's a purpose is is you can you can pull it up and then you can you can see that prophetic word and you can pray about it you can meditate on it and and what I'm going to do is I want to I want to um, read the prophetic word well actually let me read let me read Romans eight six first and you know back in February before before coronavirus before all the things that we saw happen in 2020 the weirdness of 2020 um, you know the Lord gave me this scripture and and it says this for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So no matter where we are and what we're facing and what we're going through in our lives, this as believers, this is how we have to, we have to live. We, if I can't look at whether it's coronavirus, you know, things that are happening in the world, what's being said in the news, what's going on in, in education, what's going, I can't look at these things from a, from a carnal standpoint. I have to live my life from a spiritual standpoint, because if I live from a carnal standpoint, then it breeds destruction in my life. It's going to bring, but yet if I do things from a spiritual standpoint and I look at everything from God's perspective, see, sometimes we need to just come up to a higher perspective of seeing. And I'm so grateful last week, Pastor Carla, what a great message in both services that you taught. This is a phenomenal that gave us a true, pers- a greater perspective. I-, I never heard about the appeal to heaven flag, you know, that you talked about last week. So, so, so awesome. Thank you so much. But, it, it, but the word of God will give you new perspective. And I, I wrote this quote down by, um, by, by uh, Smith Wigglesworth. He says, God has privileged us in Christ Jesus to live above the ordinary human plane of life. Those who want to be ordinary and live on a lower plane can do so. But as for me, I will not. I love that. Those who want to be ordinary and live on a lower plane can do so. But as for me, I will not. Wow. Such a man of faith. And so this prophetic word came from the spirit of God to our apostle, Dr. Savell. And, and so you can look at things, the word of God, the word of God and the spirit of God, they are to lead us in life and peace. So when you read over this prophetic word, look at it as you're becoming spiritually minded for whatever you're facing and whatever you're going through. Now I want to, I want to read this. 
It says a new era, this is the prophetic word, a new era has begun and more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. For those who will heed my voice and obey my words, they'll experience my goodness and power as never seen nor heard. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth and they'll prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow, that's what they'll see. I'll bring it to pass because of their love and obedience to me. No longer will the enemy have the upper hand for my spirit is moving in an outpouring my spirit is moving and an outpouring of my power is coming upon the land. Many triumphant victories will mark this new era. It's what I plan, so rest in me. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Amen. Can you declare that? Miracle after miracle. Hallelujah is what he'll do. We just declared it. Hallelujah. And we receive it. Refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news. With me on your side, how can you lose? So stay with my word. It's faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass and great things I will do. And on another day, he, he wrote this down. Yes, a new era is here. It's already begun and I plan marvelous things for 2021. Abundant overflow is the order of the day. So rest assured it's on its way. Your adversary can't stop what I've already decreed. So stay in faith and get ready to receive. Allow no one to discourage you by what they say. Keep looking to me and I'll have my way. And then, it, then he says this. Tell my people they'll need to remain strong and stay close to me so they'll not be deceived by the enemy. His attacks will intensify and he'll try to prevail, but my power is greater and it shall not fail. Fear not nor be fretful over what shall come. The battle is mine and I've already won. Contrary to what you'll see and what you'll hear, 2021 will be a great year. A year of abundance and overflow. That's my plan and it shall be so. So 2021 abundant overflow has already begun. Amen. And on the morning of, of October 11th, he wrote this down. A great shaking, a great shifting, a great displacing will take place in your nation. And immediately following this, there will be a great awakening and a great outpouring. Shaking is the act of causing something to be removed or replaced. Shifting, the act of changing position or direction. Displacing, the act of laying aside someone or something and making room for another. Awakening, the act of becoming more attentive to the will, the plans, and the purposes of God. Amen. I pray that over all of us, that all of us become more attentive to the will, the plans, and the purposes of God. Then outpouring. I love this. A sudden, rapid flow and barrage of God's spirit, God's power, God's anointing, God's love, and God's blessing. He said, this is what you are to be watching for and what you're to be expecting as you enter 2021. You'll see it, says the Lord. And remember when it happens that I told you beforehand, I'm in charge of the seasons and the times and my purposes shall be fulfilled. I have the power to raise up and to bring down and no man, no government, and certainly no adversary will stop what I planned. So lift up your hands and praise me and know that I have everything under control. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You see, throughout this prophetic word constantly is saying, look up. Don't pay attention to what's going on around you. Don't look at what's happening in the news. Constantly, constantly what? looking at a different perspective. Constantly looking at a different perspective. Amen. And see, that's being spiritually minded. 
Because what spiritually minded does, what it releases life and peace, not only in my life, but it releases life and peace into someone else's life. So you can't give something you don't have. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you for the word today. We thank you for the word today. Now, there's a, a part of that prophetic word. There's a phrase there that says this. And this is actually some of what I'm going to miss today is what the Lord gave me about a month ago. Um, and I've touched on some things here and there, maybe on a Wednesday night or so. But I didn't preach it that, that, Wednesday, that Sunday morning on the first service before Dr. Fell released this message. And, but I, so I'm going to, I believe that's the direction we're going to go today. But there's a phrase here that he said. It says, tell my people they'll need to remain strong and stay close to me. Can you say that with me? Tell my people they need to remain strong and stay close to me. Now go to Psalms 110. Psalms 110. Psalms 110, verse 3. It says, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Amplified says, Your people will offer themselves willingly in the day of your power. Now, I've ministered along this line, you know, before. But understanding we're not waiting for this to happen. It's already happened. See, the day of his power already took place. See, because we know early on, the two verses before this, he said, I will say to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Well, who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus, the Messiah. And where's Jesus seated? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. So we're not waiting for a someday to come. We have to understand that it's now. The day of his power is now. It's not putting off someday in the future. Remember, I talked about if we put it off into the future, then what happens? We'll be complacent and we'll procrastinate. But when we understand the urgency of now, we understand the importance of now, then we'll embrace it and we'll, and we'll give heed to this scripture. And what does it say? My people will offer themselves willingly. And we, we describe that word willingly. It means to be ready and prompt for military service. Meaning it's like, I'm ready. I'm ready for military service. I'm ready for military service. I'm going to offer myself willingly what in the day of his power. Now let's go to second Chronicles chapter seven, second Chronicles chapter seven. I know I'm going a little quick right now. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14 says, if, in the Amplified says this, if my people, remember the last verse we heard said, it, my, it says, thy people will offer themselves. Amplified said, my people will offer themselves. So here he says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray and seek and require of necessity my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. 
Now my eyes will be attentive and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. Now this scripture doesn't say, it doesn't say that my presence, it doesn't say that I'll heal the land if my people show up. He says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and do what? Pray, seek, this is the Amplified, crave and require of necessity my face. And they turn from their ways. What? I'll hear from heaven. And then verse 15 says, my eyes will be attentive and my prayer, my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. So there's something about my people that have the ability to bring about revival in the land. Heal the land. We, we could call, we could use that word heal and we could, we could talk about so many things, but, but I want to talk about revive, revival, because I believe that's, that's, that's what's on God's timetable, outpouring, an outpouring of God's spirit, God's blessing, God's anointing, God's goodness, God's love. And, and so I believe this is the timetable we're on. He says, if my people would seek me, then what happened is my ear would be attentive and I would what heal the land. I would revive the land. So there's something about you and I that understand that you and I are instruments of revival. And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. You are an instrument of revival. That's what he's saying. If my people, my people, you are a container. You are a, you are, you are a potter. You are clay. You are clay in the potter's hand. That means he's made you a vessel. He's placed everything in you that you need to pour out in the world around you. So you're a vessel. Say that. I am an instrument of revival. So if we're going to become instruments of revival, what I see with the people here, whether it's in Psalms 110 or Chronicles here, the, the, the people, thy people have to shift their priorities. Meaning if you want to see something different in the land, the, my people are going to have to shift priorities in their lives. Let's go to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. If we're going to be instruments of revival, it first begins when we shift our priorities. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. So he's not talking to unsaved people. He's talking to Christians, the brethren. I beseech you. This is almost an urgency. It's almost like he's begging. He's like, I beseech you. It's almost just like when Moses asked God, I beseech you, show me your glory. I, meaning, I, this, this is important. This is something that you have to receive as an instruction to your life. So he tells them, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. Every at bodies, I believe it refers to your spirit, your soul, and your physical body. I mean, all that you are, that you need to by the, present your bodies. Now, this word present in the Greek is the word parastemi. 
And his two Greek words, one para means near and stemi means to stand. And so really this word present means to stand by or it means to come near. So what is he saying? He's saying, saying, present your body. So he's telling the church in Rome, the brethren, okay, uh, you need to present, you need to present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. Now it doesn't say present your bodies as a living sacrifice to ministry. It doesn't say present your body as a living sacrifice to, to, to your job or to other things. And I'm not, not, not taken away from those things because I believe if we understand and we get the right thing that we're to sacrifice to, I believe it's what will change every other area of our life. See, it's us to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable, what unto God. So, so I'm presenting. So what is presenting? It's to stand by the side of or it's to come near. So what is he saying? I'm, as I present my life, my spirit, soul, my body, I'm bringing my life right next to God. And see, this is a, this, if I'm going to do this, this is going to be a shift in my priority. This is a shift. If you're going to really bring yourself and come to God, that means things that were priorities before aren't priorities now. And, and I'm telling you, the levels of what you're sacrificing will change over your, over your life. There's some things that I sacrifice now that early on when I first got saved, you know, I didn't. Why? Because as you grow in God, there's, there's things that you, you walk with him. This, this is about walking with him. You see, the next verse says, don't be conformed to this world. See, the thing is, is people still use that scripture, but they haven't got this yet. Don't be conformed to this world. They're, they're, they're not being conformed to this world, but they're still hanging out with the world. Still trying to be like the world. But the first primary thing is, is presenting my life as a sacrifice. What does that mean? I'm giving up ownership. I'm giving up time. I'm giving up position and place in my life. And like I said, we're all on different levels. I'm not asking you to be on my level or where I'm at. I need to go higher in my life. I need some of my perspectives to change. I'm not just preaching down to you. I, I just want us to know if we're going to, if we're going to step into what God has for us in these last days, then there's some priorities that need to shift in our lives. Present our bodies as living sacrifices. Hallelujah. Now, when we make this, when we, let's go to James chapter four. Before I make this next statement, James chapter four, let me read the, let me read the first part of this verse and I'm going to make another statement. It says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You draw near, see it's. It's almost in Chronicles, what did it say? If my people. Psalms 110. My people offer themselves willingly in the day of the offering. That's presenting my body as a living sacrifice. I mean, if you don't bring your life to God, you'll never bring your finances to God. I mean, it all starts with this, this coming close. But, but remember, it's, God isn't, he's not... He's not going to make us do anything. 
we're not keeping back the latter rain. We're not, we're not, we're not keeping back revival. God's not keeping back revival from that. He's just waiting for some vessels to, to get their priorities right. And what does it say? If you draw near to God, what he will draw near to you. Now, now listen to this. First, if we're going to see and step into all that God has for us, one, we have to shift our priorities, Vic. But secondly, I want you to see when we shift our priorities, it opens us up to the supernatural. How many people are you've made Jesus the Lord of your life? Then what, what, what happened when you shifted our priority? I'm not talking about you're perfect or you, you, you never made another mistake or anything, but I'm saying what happened? You, you, you shifted from your life to, wait a minute, there's something real about this Jesus. And what, so when I shifted my priority and I invited Jesus into my life, what happened? The supernatural, he made me a new creation. He made me a new creation. Think about it. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Sometimes we, we, we gloss over scriptures too quickly, I believe. Draw near to him and he, 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 he. Well, who's he? Who's he? What is your revelation of who God is? If I draw near to him, he, 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 who's he? Who are you drawing near to? You're drawing near to the creator. You're drawing near to the one that, that took, took clay and molded and, and shaped. Not only took the clay, but he actually created the dust first. And he, he fashioned it. And I don't know, maybe he spit on it. I'm not sure, but it takes, it takes, it takes water to make clay. So he had to mold it and fashion it. And God took it and, 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 and stood it up and it said, he breathed into him the breath in his nostrils and it came, it became a speaking spirit. He, that he, that he, he that, 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 that told Moses, just raise the staff and all of a sudden caused the waters to congeal on both sides and, and a million people walk through six, 600,000 men, not including women and children walk through that he, that he. So, so when I, when I, when I draw near to he, he draws near to me. So when we present our lives as a sacrifice unto God, and I offer my life willingly in the day of his power, what happens? I'm open my life up to him. I'm open my life up to all possibilities of what God can do in my life. But, it's, but this goes back to that instruction from Dr. Savell: remain strong and stay close. Remain strong and stay close. They need, he says, tell my people you'll need to remain strong and stay close to me. Or we could say, stay close to he. 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 Stay close to he. 
See, sometimes we just kind of, we draw near, to, we, we draw near, but do we really not realize who we're hooked up with? Hallelujah. I brought him with me this morning. He is here. You know, it's about becoming, being personal, personal with him, personal. Christianity is not a, a performance or, or a production. It's personal. And the moment that we try to make our Christian walk as a performance or production, we stop making it personal. We stop making it personal. And if you stop making it personal, then you lose the strength of the relationship. Go to Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. Now, for the sake of time, I don't, can't go through and break these things down. But let me pull out a few truths that connect with this. You know, I, you know, I love what Kenneth Copeland says. He says, red, red words win. <laughs> red words win. You know, it's written red in my Bible. These, these are Jesus' words, right? Red words win. And so, you know, Jesus, you know, in, in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew 6... And throughout Matthew 7, Jesus is teaching. This is all one continuous message that Jesus is teaching. And, um, and really, it's, it's, his whole message is to change people's perspective, April. It's to change every, their, their identity because they've only known one. They only have only known Judaism. They've only known you know, what they grew up knowing. And, and so if you look at all these things, he changes perceptions. Even like, for instance, he says, he goes, if... You know, he says, you say that if, um, if you, co- you commit uh, murder, you committed the sin. Jesus said, even if you have ought against your brother, you've already committed it. So Jesus cut it off at the thought, not at the action. So, cause Jesus was saying, if we can deal with the thought, then you'll never do the action. And so that Jesus is t- constantly through these three chapters is telling us on really how to live our lives and, and how to get a new perspective. So here in this, he, he deals with a lot of things, but uh, three things in the first half of the chapter, he deals with when you give, he talks about when you pray and he talks about when you fast. Now he makes a statement in verse two of Matthew six, he says, therefore, when you do alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in their synagogue and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Say that with me. Glory of men. Glory of men. He says, verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. Well, what was the reward? Glory of men. But when you do your giving, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That alms may be in secret. And thy father, which sees in secret himself, himself, the father that sees in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. So what is he saying? He's, he says, you give in secret. See, your giving is something that's personal. Personal. 
See, that's why as a pastor, I don't know what anyone gives in this church. I don't want to know. I don't look at your giving. I don't even have... I, don't, I can't even get into the room where the money is. I, and I like it that way. No one say Pastor Justin or Dr. Savell stole the offerings. We don't have access to any of that. We don't. Safeguards. But what is, what is he saying here? He's saying... If you're doing it to be seen of men, you can only get the reward of man, the glory of men. But when he says, if you give in secret to God, him, this is personal. He says what? He will reward you in the open. He didn't say he's going to reward you in secret. It's all over my life. See, when you have a personal relationship with God and you're giving from that personal relationship with God, he will reward. What was the reward for, for the, for the doing it the wrong way? The glory of men. Well, what would be the reward that comes from God? The glory of God, the goodness of God, the power of God, the presence of God, the prosperity of God. So when this is, it becomes personal, then what happens? He manifests it on the outside. Now, let's look at the next, the next thing he says is when you give verse five, it says, and when you pray, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say to you, they have the reward already. So what was, what was the reward being seen? But you, when you pray, enter into your closet and when you have shut the door, Pray to the father, which is in secret and thy father, which sees in secret. Remember, what was the reward of man praying to be seen of men? What is the reward when you're praying in your closet and God sees you? Man, God sees you. God notices you. God sees you. God sees you in secret and what does what? rewards you in the open, not rewarding you in private. It's what, what happens in the open. See your personal relationship with God will be seen on the outside. Then Jesus goes in and he all of a sudden starts instructing them how to pray. And most of us know this. How does he say our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Does it say Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what is it going to say? What's going what's to reward me in the open? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is, as it is in heaven. What, what's the re, what is it, what's he going to reward me in the open? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, now get this. How does he close out the prayer? He says this. He says, for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever. What is Jesus saying? See, it's not, you, sometimes we look at things religiously and we let these things go, but well, that's just a religious prayer. No, Jesus was tapping into something. He was saying in this secret place, in, in this personal relationship with the father, in this intimate time with the father, when you pray, realize that kingdom come. 
Thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. Realize in this personal time with God, thy kingdom, he goes, thy kingdom, the power, the kingdom, and the glory forever. So what happens in this personal time with God? What's, what's being manifested in my life? His kingdom. What's being manifested through my life? His kingdom. What's being manifested in and through my life? His power and his glory. But see, it never happens if we don't make it personal. See, it's when you go to your secret place. It's in your personal relationship with God. Go to John chapter uh, 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. So if we're going to see the supernatural in our life, first, it comes when we change and shift our priorities. And secondly, realize when we shift our priorities, it opens us up for the supernatural. But see, this is all out of if my people offer themselves willingly. What are we talking about? Offer coming close to him. You got my life, Lord. Look at what Jesus said in John 14, verse 10. He says, believe thou." actually look at verse nine. Have I been so long a time with you and have you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the father. And how do you say then, show us the father? Now listen to what Jesus' response. Believe thou not that I am in the father and the father in me. Or you could say, believe not that I am next to the father and the father is next to me. Believe that not that I came close to the father and the father came close to me. But I like in so much more than just besides. How about you? Believe not that I am in the father and the father is in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the father that dwelleth in me. He does the works. Believe me that I'm in the father and the father in me or else believe me for the very works sake. Now, now, now listen to this. Now he's saying what? I am intimate with the father. The son got personal with the father. And he's saying, if you don't know this, he goes, at least believe me because of the works. Meaning if you can't believe anything else, believe the works. What, what is Jesus is manifesting? I believe Matthew chapter six, when you come into the closet in the secret place. He rewards you in the open. So Jesus is really saying, I've been in the father and the father's been in me. I've been with the father and the father's been with me. Now, if you don't believe this, at least believe for the supernatural results. And see, that's what we need to get to. And that's what he said. He goes on and next says, it says, and greater works. He even tells the disciples, he says, greater works than these will you do because I go to the father. Meaning you're going to do something greater than me because I go to the father. You see, when we shift our priorities, we have to understand that it puts us in position for supernatural results. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Do you see this this morning? See, we have to have a personal relationship with God. Personal. Personal. Not like mine, but between you and, you and God. You and the Word. Thank you, Father. We have to stay close. Whether the prophetic word from Dr. Savell, 
It said what? Tell my people they'll need to remain strong and stay close to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Man, that clock is too fast. Did you not set that clock back down? <laughs> you sure we weren't supposed to set clocks an hour and a half back? No. Oh, thank you, Lord. I have so much more. Um, thank you, Jesus. Remain close. Stay close. Thank you, Lord. Go to, go to Zechariah chapter 4. And I'm... Zechariah chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Thank you, Father. I wish I had the time to break down chapter 2 and chapter 3 to you. So good. But let's look at verse 1 in chapter 4. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. It says, And the angel who talked with me came again and awakened me like a man who was wakened out of his sleep. So he came to him, waking him as a man would wake out of his sleep. And I think this is a lot of where, 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 where believers are. Are we asleep? Are we complacent? So this, this, this angel of the Lord comes to him and he wakes him up out of his sleep. Then he says, and he said to me, what do you see? I said, I see, behold, a lampstand, all of gold and its bowl for oil on the top of it. And it's seven lamps on it. And there are seven pipes to each of the seven lamps, which are upon the top of it. And there are two olive trees by it. One upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side of it. Feeding it continuously with oil. So I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? And then the angel who talked with me answered, do you know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. Then he said to me, this addition of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil from the olive trees, is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now, this word Zerubbabel means sown in Babylon. Zerubbabel, easy for me to say, was a Jewish leader that led a group of people back with the intent to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He's actually a type and shadow of the Messiah. And so what is he saying here? He says, is the word, so this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. This is the word of the Lord to the one that's been sown in Babylon. What does Babylon mean? It means the world system. It means how the world does things. I want you to know this morning that you and I, as believers, God has sent us into the world. God has sown us in Babylon, so to speak. So this was the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And, and what does he say? He goes, is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Meaning what Zerubbabel is going to do or what the Messiah would later on do is not going to be in their own might. And I want you to know as believers, what you're going to do in life is not about what you can do in your natural ability. It's not about what you can do, but it's about you. It's about the olive trees, the two olive trees on both sides being a continuous supply of oil. A continuous supply of oil. But you'll never receive a continuous supply of oil if you're not connected to the source 
the source. If you, if you go back and, and read the next chapter, there's a statement that he talks about that I, that he is the branch. And he's talking about the Messiah. What was the branch be? It would be the olive tree. And so it's be staying connected to Jesus. It's about staying connected to the spirit of God. See, we have to tap into this ceaseless supply of oil. And that prophetic word says, remain strong and stay close to me. That's not about just, that we're just going to church. No, it's him. It's him. It's, man, I wish I had so much more time. It's the word of God. It is the Holy Spirit. Then he said to me, this addition to the bowl of the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil. This is the word of the Lord to those that are sown in Babylon. Not by might, nor by power, but is by my spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The last days there will be a great shaking, shifting, displacing, awakening and outpouring. What is an outpouring? It's a sudden, rapid flow, barrage of God's spirit, God's power. God's blessing, God's anointing. Come to him. Remain, remain connected to him. Because it's in that, that we tap into that ceaseless, ceaseless, ceaseless supply of oil. What does that mean? It doesn't run out. It doesn't run out. And it's available for each one of us. But it's only found when we shift our priorities. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we turn our affection toward you today. We draw near to you today. And as we draw near to you today, I thank you. You, you draw near to us. Father, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift. The gift that Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. So I thank you that that gift has been released. Released over 2,000 years ago into the earth to be our ceaseless supply of oil. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We draw near to you. We receive that word to remain strong and stay close. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. That ceaseless supply of oil is in this room. That ceaseless supply of oil is 
at the mention of his name. That ceaseless supply of oil. Mm. To get ahead of myself, but that ceaseless supply of oil is stirred up and builds up as we pray in the Holy Ghost. That ceaseless supply of oil. That oil. I want, to, I want you to know that we need his oil on our lives for the days and the weeks and months ahead. We need that oil. Something about oil is oil we see in the word is a healing agent. That oil, it's a things that it may be weary, things may be cracked dry it can soften it can restore to life we need this ceaseless supply of oil every day of our life thank you father thank you for that ceaseless supply of oil So many things happening and going on in our nation, emotionally, politically. And we need the oil. We need the oil. That oil. I thank you that as we, as we continue to pursue you, Father, I, I thank you that there's a greater sense of unity in this house. A greater sense of unity where we know the enemy is to divide and conquer. We know the enemy's tactics. We, we declare that there's unity in this place. Unity in this place. And you said that unity, when it was present, was like the anointing oil that would come down the beard of Aaron, down the mountain of Hermon. And it said, that that oil, it said, that's where you command your blessing. The outpouring of your blessing, a rapid flow, a sudden flow, a barrage of your blessing, your anointing, your oil. I thank you for unity. Unity. Mm. You may be here today and one never made Jesus the Lord of your life. If you never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to welcome you to come to the altar. Remember, if we come to him, he, he draws near to us. Come right now. Come right now. Maybe you're here today and you've never, never, don't, never heard about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been born again for years and so on, but you've heard different things about the Holy Spirit, but it's almost like that church in Acts chapter 19, and it says, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Just come to the altar. His presence is here. He wants to pour his oil all over you.
And I declare that over every single person in this place that he wants his oil to flow all over and all in your life. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Oh, come near, come near. Come near to you today, Father. Just right where you are in your own heart, just, you know where you need to shift priorities. Just go ahead and shift those priorities. And make a, a quality decision today to draw near. I bet you, but I, I make some decisions in my life right now. Hmm. Maybe there's some areas of your life you need to shift your priorities. Just And you're like, yeah, yeah, pastor, I, I do. Just lift your hands. Just lift your hands, lift them high. Don't be ashamed about I got my hands lifted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we shift our priorities today. Hmm. Hmm. Whatever that thing is, whatever that hindrance is, give it to him right now. Just under your breath, just say, I give you, I give you that and just name it. pray this after me today father I turn my attention from all that would hinder all that would keep me back every obstacle I give to you I turn away from those things and I turn towards you I draw near to you. Thank you, Father, that you draw near to me. Thank you, Father, that I am a instrument of revival that you flow through in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Receive this word today. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good.